What's up, Ukrainian family? Vladimir Prakhnevsky here, and welcome to episode number 38 of the Ukrainian podcast, where I serve a Ukrainian family with weekly interviews from highly creative people. Today's guest is Duncan Elms. He's an award winning motion designer and director. Duncan worked with major clients like MTV, BMW, Google X, Samsung, Nickelodeon, Nike, Nissan, Prada, and many others. He has also worked on successful films and TV shows such as Insurgent, Deep Web, The Rise of Bitcoin, 60 Minutes, Hungry Beast, The Checkout, The Hamster Wheel, and Four Corners. Duncan was featured on The Atlantic, The Guardian, Stash, IDN Magazine, Huffington Post Tech, Vimeo Staff Picks, and the list goes on and on. Duncan, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for your time. Let me know if I missed anything from the intro. I think you messed it up. You got to do it again. Oh, no. <laughs> no, <laughs> no <yeah>. joking. <laughs> joking with you. <laughs> um, my heart just dropped. Woo. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for having me, man. Um, yeah, really happy to be here, and thanks for the intro. That all sounds good. And another little bit to add, I've been working as design director at Elastic for the last year and a half. So that's kind of the latest chapter in my career. And that's going well. Awesome. You know, I was afraid that uh, we have a hurricane coming away and I was afraid it would interfere with our interview today because I'm only like three hours away from the coast. We're in Charlotte, North Carolina. But oh, yeah, all right. so far, so good. I, I, I guess the day's still young, though, right? <laughs> but, oh, yeah, I was reading about the hurricane this morning. So, yes, yeah, stay safe if it comes your way. Thank you, thank you. If it comes my way, I'll be running as far away as possible. But, man, <laughs> let me tell you, people are, people are in full panic mode here in Charlotte, North Carolina. The stores are out of water. The closest gas station to my house is out of gas. I mean, thank you, local news, for spreading fear, right? It's, it's working really well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Remember, I, I was I was living in New York before LA, and um, every now and then they have like a, a blizzard warning, and then you go to the local store, and there'd be people everywhere buying stuff. I mean, even I'd be there because you want to <laughs> get a few supplies. And then I remember this one guy was one day was like, "Oh man, it's just snow," <laughs> <laughs> and there was a lot of fear. And then it was turned into just like a tiny little snowstorm. But I mean, you don't want to be short of supplies. No, fear is contagious. You know, I was just at the store and people are buying out water. It's all out and there's like people getting Coke. I mean, anything with liquid, I'm like, oh my gosh, I should probably get something too. Just looking at, you know, everybody's preparing. I should probably do something. But anyway, (laughs) I'm finally out of that. I was like, you know what? I'll I'll be fine. It's, it's, we're not even, it's not even coming our way hundred percent. But anyway, enough of that. Let's start talking about your journey, man. You have quite a journey and let's start from very beginning, man. How did you get started motion graphics? Um, yeah, so it started off, uh, when I first went to college, actually, I wasn't totally sure what I wanted to do. I was into, um, photography, but at the time I wasn't totally sure. So I ended up going into IT or enrolling in IT, um, cause I thought that'd be good, like for jobs in the future and things. But in the first semester, I was also doing some subjects in media and um, what we were calling multimedia back then. And that subject that I did, we were using Photoshop and kind of playing around with that. So kind of fell in love with that, a way to kind of use my photography and then take other elements and combine them together. And that was kind of, I saw that as my passion. Then I saw what some of the other media students were doing in other subjects. And then I was like, oh man, I got to get into that. I got to switch over. So just did one semester in IT and then switched over to the media degree. And that kind of laid the foundation. 
even though I didn't really know that I wanted to do that, when I kind of got in, it all made sense. Like I was um, listening, was kind of skateboarding, listened to a lot of hip hop music, so I was into kind of graffiti art and like making beats. And so I was kind of using creativity as a form of expression, but didn't really know that that was kind of maybe where my talent laid. But once I kind of was introduced to it, then I realized that was, I had kind of the skills in that area and wanted to kind of make it happen. So yeah, switched into that media degree. And then through that, learned some graphic design, some animation, filmmaking, photography, et cetera, and kind of got a broad understanding of all those type of things. And then when I finished uni, I went to uni in Australia. Um, this place called Canberra. It's kind of like, not many people heard of it, but it's actually the capital city of Australia. So I went to uni there. Then when I came out, went back to Sydney and then um, took a little bit of time to get the first job because there wasn't as many kind of design and animation or motion design jobs back then. And I was kind of applying for all different things, but then um, took a graphic design job to start out and was doing that for a few months. And then actually ran into this guy that I was playing or I used to play soccer with. And he was like, oh, I'm working at this 3D animation studio and they actually need someone. And I was like, oh man, that's perfect. So I went over there for an interview and then um, ended up getting the job there. And that was kind of um, a good lesson even back then and something that's kind of been a, a key theme throughout uh, my career. It's kind of like who you know. And even back then, before even being in the industry, knowing that guy and being friends with that guy kind of helped me get that first little step in the door. And then that was what I needed to kind of get the first break. And then that, so I was there for a few months and then that place actually had to close down because they um, kind of running out of business. But that just even th three months in a job then got me the next job. And then that kind of got the ball rolling from there. And then uh, spent the next few years kind of working at small design animation shops in Sydney and learning and honing my skills. And um, during that time, I actually worked at a small studio who put on this creative conference. It was called Represent. And they did that with this other magazine that was out in Sydney at the time called Refill Magazine. And the guy who was running that was this guy called Luca Ionescu. And he... He's got a studio now called Like-Minded Studio. And so from making that or working together on that creative conference, we became good friends. And he's um, like a real nice guy, real talented guy, real big in his, into his typography. And um, we became good friends then. And then after that, we worked on a few projects together. And then that kind of um, helped me a little later in the career that I'll get to a little bit later in the story. Um, and so, yeah, I was a few years working in Sydney, then I actually went over to London to do freelance because I was originally from London. So I wanted to go back there, experience life and work over there. So went over to London for um, about two years. My girlfriend at the time kind of working and doing some traveling around Europe and kind of enjoying life over there, freelancing, doing some broadcast work and then freelancing at agencies and things like that. Uh, then came back to Sydney in 2009 with a little bit of traveling along the way 
went to South America for a couple of years, a couple of months, so, and then back in Sydney, back in the freelance game, working at different shops. And then in 2011, there was an ad for this, a position at this TV show that was on TV in Australia at the time. And um, it was the third season of this show called Hungry Beast. It was, it was a little bit like Vice TV is nowadays. It's kind of like a little bit of current affairs, a little bit of investigative journalism, a bit of comedy, kind of topical analysis of what's, what, what was going on. But it was all run by young people and around people that were kind of new to the industry. And that was the third season. And this guy, Patrick Clare, who you, you probably all know, he was on it for the first two seasons. He was the creative director and he had set this real cool look to it and he'd really pushed the style and it become quite a famous show on TV in Australia and was had all these really nice graphics style and lots of infographics and was just really cutting edge for the time. So I was kind of really pumped to try and get that job and then I went for the interview, met Patrick and another producer on the show and he actually, when I was talking to Patrick, he liked my work and he liked that I'd worked with the guy Luca Niska, because he had met him at MTV when he was working at MTV. And so kind of knowing him, I feel, was a good connection to get that job as well. So that was kind of another little blessing from the past, like connecting with right. different people. And so, yeah, that job then, that was a real fun experience. It was about three and a half months working on this season, and it was a weekly show. And there was a 30-minute show, but about three and a half minutes of graphics each week. So it was quick turnaround, but like really fun stories and different investigations, different infographics and doing something real quick. But obviously, but the style had been set. The benchmark was really high by Patrick and the team from previous seasons. So we had to keep the quality high, but then turn it around quickly. So that was a really good challenge and a good way to develop skills. And so that was a great experience. Then when that finished, it kind of opened a lot of other doors for me too, because a lot of people were watching the show and there were certain elements on the show and in the graphics that then agencies or production companies around Australia were starting like, oh, we got to kind of get that style for our little video, for our online video or our TV ad or whatever. So they started reaching out to me and other people in the team. And through that, I then got to start working with clients directly. And so that was a new step up to kind of develop a bit of a business sense and learning about doing the projects obviously doing the design animation, but also learning about being a business and producing the job, producing the clients, doing invoices, that sort of thing. So that was a very good learning experience for the next few years. So I was doing that and then I also started working for a few more TV shows through some of the media people who had been working with on that Hungry Beast show. So I kind of did that for the next few years. And then in 2013, I kind of, I wanted to take a bit of a time out from the like the quick pace broadcast world and do a personal project that I could really sink my teeth into for a while and spend a bit more time on it and try and get something really creative and something that I was really happy with. And I reached out to this technology journalist from the show called Mark Fennell 
it's really good. Um, it's a lot about technology and, and it's kind of really clued in with what's happening at the time and at the moment. Um, still working today and doing really well. And he had a few different script ideas and one of them was for Bitcoin. And I didn't really know anything about it then, but it sounded interesting. So I thought, yeah, let's do it on that. Let's do like a three-minute explainer explaining what it is. And it seems like something I can really get into and um, try and really push my skills in cinema and After Effects and try and do something new that I haven't done before. So, yeah, he wrote the script and did the voiceover. And then I just took um, it's about five to six weeks just working on my own, making this project. And, yeah, when I finished, I didn't totally finish it in, those, in that short bit of time. I had to go back to work. I just had a tiny bit left to do. So I finished it a little bit later, um, a couple months later. And then when I put it out, it got uh, Vimeo staff picks. And from there, nice. I kind of snowballed and... Um, got picked up by a lot of like tech blogs, Gizmodo and the Atlantic and all those sort of things. And it kind of started going viral and then getting loads more views. And then that was like another big door opener to people and clients hitting me up direct to say, we want to work with you on this project, whether it was like a documentary or video for a startup or an agency. So a lot more work started coming in through that. And then that was learning even more about being a business. And then through that, I also was getting more work than I could always do because I was also working, doing some work in-house on TV shows. So I started like hiring some of my friends to work on projects as I would create, direct and produce them. So it was another learning experience, just learning how to yeah, create, direct and and I think as the more of those projects you do, you know how to manage the client and set expectations and, um, yeah, make sure you get paid on time, make sure the project doesn't just drag on forever. So, yeah, I was doing that. And then around 2013, uh, my girlfriend at the time, she was really keen to go to North America. She was a lighting, she's a lighting designer for architecture um yeah and i was kind of keen to do it as well so we headed over we got a we at first we actually got a visa for canada because you couldn't you could get a working visa from australia to canada for two years so we went there but we had eyes on the u.s and then did a little bit of a road trip across america and spent some time in canada for a couple of months and then um my girlfriend, who was then my fiance, then we got married and she got a job in New York. Actually, she got offered a job in New York. Then we went down there and we were already engaged. So then we got married so that I could, um, I mean, we we're going to get married anyway, but we kind of sped it up a little so that then I could get on the visa too to be in America. And so that was cool because I was allowed to then freelance in America and while she was working full time. And so then I was working at um, some different places. I had a friend of mine from Australia who had worked at the mill LA and he kind of introduced me to the mill New York. So I was doing um, kind of splitting my time in New York between working at the mill and then doing direct to client stuff at home. And then I got an email like a year 
So after being in New York, actually from Australian company Animal Logic, and they were working on this film Insurgent, doing all the UI stuff. And they said, do you want to come and work on that? And I didn't really want to go back to Australia, but it was it was a good opportunity, I thought. So I went back for a few months. Um, and then that was a cool experience, working on a feature film, doing the whole UI thing as part of a big team there. And a guy actually who I met, Adam and Animal Logic, I'd seen him around at the mill, but I didn't really talk to him that much. Just kind of said hello. And then it turned out he was then at Animal Logic too, an Australian guy, but lived in New York. And then he was like, yeah, let's hook up when we get back to New York. And he had been working a lot at Frame Store. And so, yeah, went back and then was just freelancing. Then eventually kind of um, met up with him. And he was like, yeah, come into Frame Store. The creative director there wants to meet you. So I went over to Frame Store, met the creative director. And um, he was like, yeah, it'd be cool to get you in sometime and work with us. And he also mentioned that in L.A., they were looking to start up or they, they needed people over there. They're looking to start up the design department over there. And um, I think this is around 2014. And then we had to do like months past. Then we had to do a trip back to Australia to renew our visa. And then um, I thought oh, I should check out, meet the people in LA, Frame Store. So I went over, reached out to them, then went over and met them on the way back to Australia. And then... Um, they were like, yeah, we want you to come and um, start up the design department in L.A. Nice. So I thought that was a big opportunity. I mean, I really liked living in New York, but um, I thought that was a big opportunity to do and kind of help a company bring a design department from the ground up. So, um, yeah, I decided to take that opportunity and we moved out to L.A. in um, beginning of just the end of 2015 my wife was pregnant then too so um it's kind of a pretty big time and then um yeah working at frame store there was also another guy who came out from the england office another we were both design directors and so we were both of us kind of developing the design department there and helping it grow so um taking on projects but also looking to hire people and help them develop that um so this is doing that for about a year and a half. And then Patrick was actually in LA as well. And so we've been hanging out and then he was obviously working at Elastic and doing really well. And um, an opportunity came up at Elastic and he was like, oh, you'd be perfect to come in and work on the show. That was gonna potentially gonna be happening. It was kind of about, um, the show got canceled, so I won't show too much, won't tell too much about the show, but it was like it kind of fitted with the style of work that I was doing. And he said, Yeah, come on in. So I met the managing director, Jen, over at Elastic, and then, um, yeah, got a job over at Elastic to be a design director here. And that's where I've been for the last year and a half, and um, yeah, really enjoying it. Um, it's a great range of projects coming in from title sequences and documentaries and some advertising work and a lot of talented people, but also a lot of really friendly people. And it's got a kind of family feel to it. And yeah, it's a great place. So 
yeah, that's the long story of my career. Wow, what a journey. Well, I was just listening to Connecting the Dots. You know, I, I took some notes and I think I have like a page full of notes, just things to circle back to. I thought it was interesting you started out in IT. And when I think of somebody from IT, I think of somebody who can't even like draw, you know, I can't even put anything creative together. You know what I mean? Like, I've never met an IT person who is able to put anything of any kind of artistic value. Uh, you know what I mean? So that was yeah, interesting. Yeah. You started out there and then you became this amazing creative director and everything that you do just like wow okay did not see that coming i also thought it was interesting how i had another guest on the show his name is andy needham he's all he's all is from london i believe and yeah. he, he worked on co-plays music videos and all that stuff but it's interesting he said that he met his first break was over a game of soccer he somebody invited him to play soccer so oh, cool. it must be that's you know in, in the united states we play golf to connect with others i guess but, <laughs> but outside the united states soccer is the way to go so that was kind of cool. It's the world game. That's true. And I played soccer all my life, and that's what's something that I'm like, man, I wish, wish I could utilize that gift here in America. But it's football and everything else but soccer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? I think actually, it's picking here up in LA. Slowly. Well, maybe there's a lot of Brits and Aussies, but even like at Frame Store and Elastic, there's a big, big group of people who all like uh, football or soccer, as we say, as they say here, and. Yeah, it's pretty big in both offices. No, it's 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 growing fast, especially uh, where I'm from here in the south. When I moved here 18 years ago, it was it was not where like girls played soccer, and that was it. Like when you told somebody to play soccer, they're like that's a girl sport. And I come <laughs> from Europe, and I remember thinking like, what? Like in Europe, girls don't play soccer, where, at least in Ukraine where I was. Like it wasn't popular yeah. for girls. But anyway, and I like the fact that, well, it's interesting that you call it soccer now. So that tells me that you've been in the United States long enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've actually say that in Australia too. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, learn something. But, um, I mean, I like to say football, but people might get confused. Right, so I right, just right. say soccer. No, and something else, something else you said that... Uh, it's something that I keep hearing from a lot of people that I interview that, you know, connections. I was able to make a connection here. You know, it really is all about who you know, but it's also all about who knows you. That helps, that helps more as well. Mm. But it's interesting how great jobs you'll never find, you know, on, online. They're, they're invite only. It seems like a lot of opportunities that you had were... You know, somebody invited you to start a design program from scratch. Somebody invited you to work on something else. So it's it's interesting. Like the the higher, the more, the better the jobs, the more it's invite only. And would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know if they did advertise for some of these or not, but I think it is more. Yeah, definitely invite is. I think a lot of them are invite only. Yeah, because often you got a position, the first thing you're going to do actually is reach out to your team and say, oh, you know, this is the position who's got some friends because you already right. trust your team. And so if they're recommending someone, then you kind of, you're in with a good shot right there. You know, it's not, if you get a total random in, you don't really know, you can see their portfolio, but you don't know what they're like socially or, mm -hmm. um, which I think is a big, as big a part Huge. Um, of who you are and how you can be successful and how, whether people want to work with you and if you're a cool person and, right. and you connect well with everyone around you. So I think if you get a recommendation and someone says, this guy's a good worker, but also a good person too, then, you know, then that's, um, is irreplaceable really. So yeah, I think. I think, yeah, it's, 
it is a lot of invite only and also yeah just that's why i wanted to put a few little snippets of the story about I met this dude and then later on yeah, that would help me here. I love it. It builds a connection. And for those that are just trying to get in the industry, which is like, you know, a large amount of our listeners, that's when they want to hear. They want to hear how you got from point A to point B to point C. And that's what's mm. so interesting because not only that, that you were going from one place to another place and building your skill set, being introduced to different people. And then the more people you know, the more opportunities open up. But I like that saying, you know, the harder you work, the luckier you get. Most people think like, oh, I was just lucky at the right place at the right time. No, the harder mm. you, you work, the luckier you get and sounds like another ingredient to your journey from what I was able to pick up is that you were very flexible. I mean, you were able to move from country to country. Most people limit themselves because they're they're only like, you know, put limitations to themselves. Like, I will only work in this country under these circumstances. And sounds like you jumped on any opportunity that came your way. And, and that's pretty impressive. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I kind of did it for the experience as well as career opportunities so because I was from London I was always going to go back there and live for at least a year or two after I'd finished university so because um, my dad was still living back there so I wanted to connect with him and other family and old friends and also just reconnect with the UK so that was always part of the plan but also obviously it's a huge city and there's a big motion design scene there too so it was yeah. it was good on all levels. So I was always going to go there, and then I think um, coming to the U.S. has obviously been a really good move as well. So I think um, yeah, don't be scared to to maybe check out another country. A lot of people are always saying back from Australia, like, oh, how do I come to the U.S. now? And um, some ways, well, for Australians anyway, it's kind of easier than some people think. I think you can. If you can get out here and um, make some good connections, there's ways to get a visa. Like you can sponsor yourself, you can set up a business and sponsor yourself, or you can get a highly talented artist visa or others. Different ways, there's different opportunities. I mean, they may be getting smaller now if there's like a crackdown on that sort of thing. But I think there's there's opportunities and there's ways that people maybe don't realize are there and just takes a little bit of research and a little bit of hard work and determination. And the worst case is if you come out here for a few months and you don't get end up getting a job, I mean, at least you met a bunch of people, maybe even who would you could then work for remotely down the track. Or I think it's worth, if you want to come to America, you want to go to Europe or wherever, it, you don't have to have a job straight up. You can come here and then... Um, and try and develop connections, even just experience the place or the city and see if you want to live there. So no, for I think sure. take that plunge while you can. Because I mean, now I've got two kids. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's a lot harder to do that, to do that plunge. Like see, since we've been in LA only three years, we've actually had two kids and now we've got a lot more restrictions on our movements. So I'm glad I did that kind of traveling and experience a little earlier on. No, I can I can relate to that. I have two kids as well. I have a two and a half year old and a five year old. So you're a lot more limited when you have two kids. But you know, it's something you said that you know, if you really want to move here, there's different opportunities that people don't know of. But this, I mean, just the community, the motion graphics community is so small online. If you're active online, that would be a good first step to take. Just be very active mm -hmm. online, produce good work. And yeah, then exactly. people notice, you know, that's how we started with, with our Ucomedia. Uh, that's how we got noticed by Adobe and others and 
And like, actually, my brother right now is on his way to Amsterdam to be at IBC with Adobe. And it started all with just doing tutorials. And then he'll be speaking at Adobe Max next month. Six sessions on Adobe. We'll be presenting to like 6,000 people. All because he started doing tutorials on YouTube, you know? Oh, so, crazy. Yeah. Crazy how it all starts. It, it, it all happened through like all because of one tweet from Adobe, then one tweet from Lester Banks and a few other people. And then boom, put us on the map. So start <laughs> online first and then it, it, it takes the borders away, so to speak. And then once people notice your good work, I guess, and, and it spreads like wildfire. <laughs> yeah, true. So you don't have to, like I was saying, you don't have to take the plunge and move overseas. You can do a lot online now and try and break down barriers that way. Yeah, it's, so, it's, yeah, it's a good first a introduction good too, yeah. And then yeah. you can move as well. I think more opportunities, you know, if you live in the Ukraine, there's not as many opportunities as, you know, it is in Los Angeles or New York. Mm. <laughs> so if you can move out of the Ukraine to, but a good st- start, you know, a step in the right direction would be go online, start putting good work on there if you're that limited, you know. I'd say it's probably mm. easier to move from Australia, but from Ukraine, it's it's super hard. Anywhere from like third world countries, especially, it's yeah. impossible. Unless yeah, you're a talented yeah. artist, you know, that's that, anyway. <laughs> now let's, let's transition to a dark moment in your life. Now I'd love to hear your worst story, your worst moment in your creative journey. Tell us that story, man. Don't hold back. Um, well, I think there's always highs and lows, I guess, with, with the career and there's times when, um, maybe things aren't going right and you're not making it up the ladder quick enough or you're not getting enough opportunities or maybe your job isn't that creative at the time so I think there's definitely highs and lows and there's times where I've been frustrated with the industry and kind of not enjoying it as much but I think I've managed to come through up to a high and I mean yeah I think you got to stick it out I think it's Obviously, it's an exciting industry and everyone's looking in and like, oh, man, I'd love to do that. That'd be so cool. But there are, as as listened to some of your other podcasts, you know, everyone talks about the Nightmare Project. And aside from the Nightmare Project, there's also a lot of boring projects along the way or projects where they're like, oh, do this same thing as this other one that you everyone's already seen before. And you're like, oh, man, this this sucks. Or, but um we're artists, but we're also commercial artists and we're getting paid to do something. So if someone's like, Oh, I want you to make this thing, even if you think it's kind of boring or a bad idea, if they're paying you at the time, you got to do it. So, um, I think maybe people looking out don't really, they think, Oh, it's all title sequences all everyday title sequences for the whole year but it's like no there's a there's a lot of other jobs that maybe going to pay more money but going to be less creative or there's some jobs that maybe you're not as excited about right that you still have to do so yeah that's not really my darkest moment but there's some maybe i think there are still highs and lows as in life in the career and then um i don't know if It's my darkest moment per se, but there's been projects where one in particular, I won't name the studio, the client or anything, but it's, it was one of those cases where it was kind of a big studio and people, the client, I think they look at all the work that's been done and they're like, Oh, I want that. Hmm. But then they come in with way less budget. And I think sometimes 
depending who the producer is, it's not communicated that, oh, yeah, this other, you've only got a little bit of budget, so it's not going to extend to maybe some of the stuff you're seeing on the website, some of the famous stuff. And so you're in a situation where you're doing a project and everyone's trying their best to do something, but the client or the director on the other end is like, no, but why isn't it like this other thing that you guys did mm. that cost a million bucks? And so they keep pushing uh, it and it's, it's poorly produced. And then it just turns into well, this one project turned into a bit of a nightmare because then it's kind of like late nights and scrambling all to try and I think maybe they had unrealistic expectations and I think we'd still done a decent job but they for them they were treating it I guess when people are spending money they they want something to be their vision and as and as best it possibly can which is fair enough but maybe they aren't as realistic or maybe they're not as um they don't realize that other things cost way more money, so their expectations of us are beyond what they what what they can afford. And so, I think it's a balancing act. You got to keep them happy and do something that's really good, but um, also you need to let people know that hey, we're not going to be doing this like huge budget commercial. It's a smaller scale, and that needs to be communicated. And if it's not, then you can get into a bit of a um, not nightmare, but a bad situation. So you have to be very transparent from the get go. You have to tell your audience. Mm. Communication is key. You got to make sure you put everything on the table. Just let them know, you know, kind of educate them in a way. And then, yeah, exactly. That way they know. No, that's, that's well said. And I kind of learned a lot about that sort of thing, working direct with clients too, because that was a big thing. Like people will come in and be like, Oh yeah. Um, even they might be like, oh, I like that Bitcoin video you did. And you're like, okay, cool. That took six weeks to make. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, I got a budget of one week's work or two weeks. And you're like, okay, well, it's going to be a little yeah. bit, it's going to be a bit more like this other video I did. <laughs> and people, I mean, people understand. It's just, you got to communicate. And right. I think I've learned, um, I think it's been a good way to learn working direct with clients. Cause then you're kind of almost taking a bit of a producer hat too. So now working in house at places, you can kind of, it's good to have dabbled a little in those other things. Like whether when you're coming up, if you can do a director client work, then you're the kind of creative director and you're the producer. So you're kind of dabbling in different areas and learning different skills. Oh, for sure. Man, I just looked over at the time and I'm realizing I'm probably might take you over here if I'm not careful. So let's, let's dive right into, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about your best project to date. Yeah, I've had a few. I mean, when you talk about the Bitcoin one, and that obviously opened a lot of doors to me. So that was kind of a big project, and that was cool. But then um, this year at Elastic, we've had some really fun projects. A couple that have already finished, but they haven't come out yet. There was a title sequence for a computer game, and um, had like really cool creative. And yeah, the clients had a really cool, uh, gave us a really good brief, like an open brief, but the tone of it and some of their thinking um, lend itself to quite a dark, mysterious, um, really creative sequence that I'm happy with. So that was pretty fun. And then we had a couple of other title sequences this year that were also um, fell into that, like um, one where 
there's these other two that haven't come out yet either, so I can't talk about them too much, but just gotcha. ones where the brief came in and I was like, oh, yeah, I got to... I got to try and win that pitch and put my best four, best ideas in there and really try and get it and um, then manage to win it and then move forward and work with a real talented team and come out with a really good final project uh, that I was happy with and that the client was happy with too. So I think, yeah, I've had a few favorite projects this, this year. Awesome. Well, let's let's finish strong, man. Let's finish with. Uh, I wanted to ask a couple more questions, but man, I, I want to yeah. make sure I'm not taking you over. Let's finish with. Give us the best advice or advice that you've heard in the industry for, for people that are just now graduating from college who are trying to get into the industry, and also yeah. tell us what's coming up for you, and tell us how people can can get in touch with you. I know I'm throwing yeah. a lot at you. Three. <laughs> <laughs> that's three and one. Um. Yeah. The advice. So. I mean, I think I kind of covered it in my long story intro, who you know is good. So making those connections, uh, I think when you're studying, you're going to make a lot of connections at school, which is great because those people are going to go on to be in the industry too, hopefully. And so if you all go out to different companies, then um, you've always got a friend in another spot if you want to jump across. But then obviously going to like, industry events in your local city and then being online pres having a good presence online too i think is key when you're starting out to make connections but also get your name out there and then also i think part of getting your name out there is having some quality work or images or things to look at so i think um yeah even if you've just finished or you already started working, I think keep pushing yourself and trying to do personal projects and extra little things that um, keep you creative and keep you hungry and keep you um, pushing the boundaries. Because I think that, and when I took the time off to do my, my personal project, that helped me a lot. So I think personal projects have been big for me along the way. So I think, yeah, knowing people and pushing pushing the boundaries of your work technically and creatively and doing personal projects is a good um, good bit of advice that I would say to people. Now, what's coming up for you in, in your future? Uh, yes, I got these title sequences as I was just talking about. A couple of them are coming out in October, so you should be able to check them out pretty soon. Um, it's a couple like horror sort of genre-based one, so that was fun. So you can check those ones out in October. And then, yeah, I was pretty busy at work, pitching on a few exciting projects and got a few exciting ones kind of on the boil. So, yeah, it's all it's all happening. Awesome. And how can people get in touch with you and check out the, the work that you were just mentioned? Uh, yes, yeah, so you can check out my website, duncanelms.com. I'm on Vimeo as well. It's got some of my older videos. Two, they're not on, on the website. Then there's Behance, Instagram. I'm on Twitter, but I don't use it too much. Um, you can send me an email if you like through my website. If you've got any questions or you want to reach out, it's a good way to get in touch. So, yeah, keep it old school. Send the email. Old school. But <laughs> <laughs> I, also, I also don't mind if you're a little... Um, dms on instagram or whatever so yeah check out the work and get in touch sounds good all right duncan well listen thank you so much for your time man appreciate it 
Uh, yeah, for sure, man. Thanks a lot for having me on and great chatting with you. All right. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Duncan Elms. Make sure to check out DuncanElms.com. Again, it's DuncanElms.com. All the links and resources mentioned in this episode are also available on our website at ukramedia.com slash 38. And while you're there, check out our course on After Effects Expressions. Over six hours of content all for you. Go to ukramedia.com slash expressions. Also, don't forget to join our online mentoring group on Facebook. Simply go to ukramedia.com slash community. We have well over 2,300 people in this group. It is a great online resource for those of you trying to grow, and it's absolutely free. Thank you so much for joining me on the journey of this podcast. I appreciate you, and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of the Ukramedia Podcast. Bye-bye.